Welcome to another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? Today we have Joni Zulis, who's our Corporate Vice President at Edwards Life Sciences, um, leading the global supply chain and now quality as well. So yep. increasing the scope there. Um, but just to get started, we're going to jump right in. Sure. So how did you get to this point? What makes JoJo? What are the things that people don't know about you um, in, in your life? You know? Wow. So that, that's a heavy <laughs> Starting duty, with the easy one. <laughs> that's a heavy duty question to start with. So let's see. So my, my, my vision of myself when I was in high school was to be an engineer. Oh, really? And I was really super excited about following a career in engineering. And, and, and so I went to school undergraduate for, uh, to be an electrical engineer because my view was I wanted to be a um, work on avionics, you know, essentially. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so actually one of my first jobs was working in avionics. Okay, for, so you had for, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I actually, actually worked in avionics and I worked on radar systems for a company. One of the things that I learned, you know, while I was in that job was, you know, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of interesting things going on back in that time, you know, including job cuts, you know, <laughs> defense spending cuts. Yeah, and, you know, when, when I was in college, I also co-opted, because um, I started my career also as an intern working for Johnson & Johnson. And so I had interned there. And so what I decided was that I'm going to move over and try the healthcare field. Mm, okay. And that's how I started my career in uh, in J&J. <laughs> And so from there, you know, essentially what I did was for the first, I don't know, seven years of my career, I worked in many, many different engineering <laughs> disciplines. As a matter of fact, I was laugh about this. My first job was actually as a facilities engineer. No way. Yeah. So I was like 22 years old. You know, I started in this job and um, I had responsibility for essentially, I don't know, 50 craftspeople, electricians <laughs> and pipe fitters, you know and all that sort of thing. And I was like, I'm an electrical engineer. I don't really know much about this, but I'll give it a go. And I learned a really important lesson in that job though, because you always go in into these jobs with the idea that, um, hey, listen, I'm educated. I went to school. I'm gonna tell people what to do because I know better. <laughs> and the truth is that's not the truth at all. You can learn as much yeah. and you have to really be open-minded yeah. you know, about what you learn. So I learned a ton in that job you know, and then I moved to a bunch of other engineering disciplines, you know, including process engineering equipment, so on and so forth. So I did that for um, for many years, you know, in my career, the first seven, really. And then I decided to move over to manufacturing. And so I moved over to manufacturing, and that was really my first role in operations. Mm -hmm. And I worked as a manufacturing supervisor and then became a business unit manager, so on and so forth. And so my career really took off, if you will, on the operational side of the business. And, you know, the rest is history. So I had lots <laughs> of different opportunities, if you will, for growth and for different challenges. And what I learned, you know, I think through that, Dolly, was really where I had a passion. Yeah. And so I had a passion for engineering. Okay. As a matter of fact, if you talk to people today in my organization, they'll always ask me, you ask me a lot of detailed questions about engineering. And I'm like, yeah, I do. But not because I'm questioning you, because I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. You know, just... That's like the way the I kind of grew up. Yeah, exactly. And so, so um, you know, but on the other side, I also learned that I loved uh, working with people. Mm. Yeah. You know, and so that's what the operations side gave me. Yeah. You know, so anyway, yeah. that's how I went up through the ranks. Yeah. <laughs> so, a couple questions from that. So, first, yeah. a yeah. comment. Couldn't agree more with what you were saying about the yeah. facilities and 
when you were there realizing how much just learning from others for some of the projects I've been working on, I think like the first three months I joined, yeah. we had success on the project. And I was like, oh, you did, you know, you did well. How? And yeah. I'm like, I listened to the operators and the manufacturing yeah. engineers. Like, yeah. I really cannot take credit for this one. And yeah. same thing with internships. It was like, oh, how'd you come up with this? I was like, some operator had an idea and they yeah. told me and I told you. And yeah. so you'd be surprised when you listen to the people that were, you know, quote unquote, supposed to be leading or oh we have this degree we're supposed to have yeah. this knowledge you're like there's so many people around you if you just listen exactly to the, and i think there's the importance of treating everyone equally exactly it's like you know this is i mean i hope this doesn't sound funny one of the things that i learned <laughs> was some of the best engineers that i worked with yeah were actually folks that were mechanics mm, that they worked had the trade knowledge that worked for 20, 30 years in their trade. Yeah. They knew the processes inside out. They could tell us things we could never <laughs> even imagine. And obviously there's a discipline that as an engineer you apply, right? Yeah. To all of that. But I'm telling you, some of these folks were so skilled that if you don't listen to them, <laughs> you know, you're really missing something. Yeah. You know, that's what I would say. That's and that was really a key lesson for me. For sure, I think it's it's key for success. If not, you're you're missing this huge gap exactly. Of knowledge. Exactly. Exactly. And then another question I had, you had mentioned, you know, kind of started going. Is there a point in your career where you're like, oh, I, I think I kind of want to be up doing some some big cross functional leadership? Yeah. Did you enter at that stage that you knew you wanted to go to leadership track, or somewhere along the way did you realize the the people portion? No. So actually, I I never even imagined. <laughs> being in the job that I was because you know kind of as I mentioned when I started my career I really started as an engineer I wanted to be an engineer yeah. you know that's kind of what I saw my career track uh being so then I got an opportunity to move over to manufacturing mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed it and so I remember this vividly I said to myself at that point in time I was like I wonder when I'm gonna I wonder if I'm ever gonna get promoted to a manager <laughs> Ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. It's like, I hope, I hope yeah, I'm on the short day. list of succession planning. You know, I'm not really sure. So, um, so anyway, obviously I got that opportunity, yeah. but, but, you know, I think to answer your question is that, um, what I found is different opportunities mm -hmm. came my way. Some because of what I gave, right. You know, obviously I had a certain skill, yeah. you know, I did well in the jobs that I had. And, and leaders recognized that, mm -hmm. and they gave me opportunities for growth. They were always my choice, but every one of those was a stepping stone. But the one thing that I could tell you, and I coach people on this all the time today, is you cannot necessarily chart every career step that you're going to take. Yeah. <laughs> because you're going to learn things in one assignment. You're going to get opportunities. Yeah. And I could tell you, probably I've probably been in, I don't know, 25 different jobs in my career. <laughs> Of those, probably half of those were jobs that didn't exist when I started. <laughs> because, you know, again, things change over time. Opportunities come up. You learn different things. And I think that's really the opportunity. So I think when people try to overplan their career, they really shouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, it's good to think about what you aspire to. Mm -hmm. So was there a point in time when I said, look, this is my career track? If, if there is, I don't know when it was because kind of the jobs that I had and the experiences that I had just led me down a certain track. And I always felt that I never shot for a particular job or a particular mm -hmm. promotion. You know, that wasn't really yeah. kind of my goal. 
And I remember, by the way, I'll tell you a quick story. I had a I had a guy that coached me, you know, for many years, and he he told me an interesting story. He said, you know, when leaders look across the field, right, they see thousands of heads. Mm-hmm. You want to be one of those people that stands up above the rest. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you're going to get recognized and you're going to get opportunities. And so how do you differentiate yourself? You know, what are the things you do? What are the responsibilities? So my my view always was, I'm going to measure my success by the impact I can have on the business. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the types of things that I'm doing versus what's the level of the job? Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and for me, that was kind of an important mantra that I always lived by. And I, I wish I could say I knew that when I was 20 <laughs> years old. I didn't because, you know, when you're young in your career, yeah. you always focus on what's the next step? How do I get ahead? You know, those types of things. But it's something you learn yeah. over your career. I think that's good advice because I think a lot of people, um, and maybe it's just my age in the career, but I've seen yeah. with COVID, you know, everyone stopped for a little bit and they had all this time to think about their lives. Right. And then you Maybe you're on social media more, so you see what everyone else is doing. And I've seen a lot more questions come up from a lot of the listeners, too, about stressing out. This person's doing this. These people are moving. I I should be doing this. And I think, have you heard of the icky, I think it's icky guy model? No. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I could be saying it completely Uh wrong. Uh But it's basically like a Venn diagram. It's like what the world needs, what you're good at, what you're passionate about. And what you can get paid for. Yeah. And if those all align, I'm yeah. sure there's many other models, but yeah. it's like if those all align, you're you're gonna be happier and you're yeah. gonna feel more fulfilled in the work you're doing. Yeah. And so I like what you're saying, where if you are enjoying it, you can be growing with it. Obviously, yeah. you know, you wanna get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, if a point comes along where you're no longer growing, you're no longer enjoying it, maybe yeah. you feel plateaued you know, start thinking about what are the things you're enjoying and, and you can look forward. Absolutely. But I think it can be almost, yeah. it's beneficial in some ways to obviously look, what am I reaching for? Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes it can be a little more stressful when you're like, I need to get here and to get here, I need to move every every bit. And, yeah. you know, it's... But that's 100% right. I don't yeah. know about the icky principle <laughs> or whatever it may be. I'm not super familiar with it, but I'll give you Joe's principle. Yeah. Right? Okay. You know, kind of kind of Joe's principle is you have to have an aspiration Mm -hmm. for yourself and that aspiration can change over time and it does you know kind of as you mature in your career you're going to learn things and you're going to have different aspirations Mm -hmm. and you never have to completely commit to it but you need to know a general direction yeah right that you're interested in and I agree with the concept of look if you're challenged and you enjoy what you're doing Mm -hmm you know, then you'll be fulfilled. Yeah. You know, what I would add to that is if also you're moving towards your aspirations and you're learning, you know, and you're feeling fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, it's my sphere of influence is mm-hmm. increasing. In other words, the impact I'm having yeah. is increasing. That's super important mm-hmm. to me. What now, one of the say? things that I would say, and this is different, obviously, for many people, is um, I've been blessed other than working on radar systems right <laughs> early in my career, I've been blessed with working in the medical field yes. my entire career. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I say I'm blessed by that is what greater calling can yeah. you have than work on things that help people, yeah. right? And I always thought saw that as, you know, really fulfilling for me sure. personally. And so that's the other thing is do you really, is what you're doing, what's the purpose of what you're doing. Yeah. And in the end, what's your life purpose? And I always say to people, in fact, 
I just said this in a meeting earlier today, because <laughs> I really believe this, is when you look, when you're fully mature, you know, you're grown up, you're re ready to retire, let's say. Yeah. And you look back, what's the legacy you want to leave behind? Mm -hmm. And I think if you look back and say, I'm proud of what I've done, mm -hmm. you're, you're fulfilled. Yeah. That's a good point. If you look back, you know, and you say, you know, not so much, yeah. then, I, then I'm not so sure that you're fulfilled, <laughs> right? But I don't think it's ever too late to make that decision. That's That's, true. that's the point, yeah. you know, that I would make. And it's okay to learn and change as you go. Yeah. We say recently, we always say life is short. I'm like, yeah. life is long. <laughs> <laughs> life is the longest thing well, we do. Well, a lot do. of things happen really quick. <laughs> that's fair. You know, that's for sure. It's, But it's, you know, you obviously don't want to wait. So, yeah. like, in the moment, you don't want to say, oh, well, life's long. I'm going to, you know, it may be yeah. in 10 years. But you can change something now. You know, if you're at a certain age or period in your life yeah. where you're like, I'm not happy, but, you know, yeah. I'm not going to change my career. I'm not going to change this. It's like, you might have a long way to go. And, it, you know, best times to do it now. Absolutely. And that's why, I mean, you never have an opportunity. You always have an opportunity to change your game plan. Yeah. You know, is kind of what I call it. And by the way, you know, kind of in that, your life circumstances change as well. True. Right? You know, and, and you know, I think as, as you progress in your career, mm -hmm. you might find you like to do different things or your family situation might change or, you know, your economic situation. Might, there's so many factors that go into that. But I still believe in the principle of, you know, you keep focused on what you're doing. And look, I think, I think um, when you're young in your career, I remember this for myself, <laughs> right? So I'll use my own example. When you're early in your career, I'm going to call it the first 10 years. Generally, right? Yeah. What most people are interested in is understanding how do they progress their career? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I get to the next level? How do I make more money? How do I uh, get promoted, right, yeah. to the next level? And I think that's all legitimate. I did the same thing, right? Yeah. That was a goal. Then you enter kind of a second phase of your career, which is does the work that I do, is it meaningful? And am I having a bigger impact, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then for me, there's a third phase of your career. Right. The third phase of your career is, am I excited about what I do mm. and is it meaningful? Okay. And that's kind of independent of level. It's independent. You know, it's really meaningful what you do, who you work for, what you're accomplishing, yeah. those kinds of things. And frankly, I think everybody goes through those. There's no formula, you know, some early or some later, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But and, and not everybody goes through the same <laughs> phases, you know, I would say. But I really do believe that. At least for me, that's been my experience is what I've seen in others and I've seen for myself. The other, the other thing that I would uh, just mention, Dolly, which I think is really important, yeah. is um, influencers in your life matter. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, what I would say is there's, you know, as I kind of look back at my career over 30 years, right, mm -hmm. now, is I could point back to probably three people in my career that have that have been friends and mentors mm -hmm. that have made a direct, a, that have had a direct impact in terms of what I did, what I enjoyed and ha and helping me kind of recognize what I was going to accomplish. And I think it's important for people to have those. Yeah. You know, and, and by the way, it's not something somebody could set up for you. It's not like, <laughs> you know, I'm picking Dolly and I'm picking you and, you know, you guys are a mentor-mentee yeah. relationship, right? It kind of happens. Yeah. It should almost happen organically. Yes. Very right? Absolutely. And that's a big difference. For sure. There's, I couldn't agree more because I think there's so many where the mentors and the, yeah. the leaders, whether it's your direct manager or it's someone you admire and 
building that, you, yeah. it's crazy. Especially, I feel like, in a company now where culture is a big thing. Yeah. I, you'd be surprised how much just having, being nice people and, and finding people who you admire for certain things. And you don't have to go to them and say, hey, will you be my mentor? But you right. can go and be like, I admire the way you lead meetings. Exactly. Do you have advice for me? Exactly. I admire the way you deal with disagreements. I'm in a disagreement right now. I'm, you know, negotiating something. Can you help me through it? And just through that, I feel like you start building things. Yeah. And and you start learning from the people you admire most. Yeah. Most people are willing to, to talk and help. And, you know? and you can learn different things from different people, right? I think that's exactly. your point, And I think that's 100%. So you learn a little yeah. from a lot. Yeah. Right? And that's okay. But there's still, I've still only believe, I still believe there's only a few people in the end, when you look back on your career, yeah. that are true mentors. That's fair. That go, can go with you through it all. At least, you know, some period of time. Yeah. It's not going to be forever. You know, I, I could tell you by, just by example, mm -hmm. right today, um, you know, I've probably had a person who I'd say has been my mentor for the last 15, maybe 20 years. Mm. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But it's more relational yeah. than it is. I wouldn't call it a mentor-mentee yeah, relationship. You're my, that's my friend. Or... Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that, that's exactly help. right. It's the person you call on the phone and you can, you know, have a, a you know, kind of a simple conversation. It could be about a number yeah. of issues, but you trust their, you trust them. Yes. Having someone to bounce those. Those ideas off yeah. of. Critical. Exactly. And the right person to bounce those ideas off. You don't want the wrong person bouncing the wrong Always. ideas Always. So. <laughs> I would say that's 100% true. Yeah. Yeah. Find the right one. Yeah. That makes absolutely. you feel good. Um, there's a few things you touched on, which is the perfect segue. Yeah. So through the phases, yeah. um, which I'm curious because I feel like my perception of careers, I think, has recently changed hmm. after... The last beautiful promotion that you are a part of. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think there comes Congratulations. a point. Thank you, thank you. There comes a point where I'm like, oh, you know, I in the beginning you're you're chasing the promotions, you're doing these yeah. things, and then you get to a certain point where now yeah. you're comfortable. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, what's next? And yeah. and I think recently I've been in this perplexion of the purpose and all these things and yeah. um I think if you have a certain amount of you you can look in different areas. And so I'm curious on what your aspirations, your goals are, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and have those changed throughout the years? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, but my aspirations and goals have changed a lot, yeah. you know, through the years. Because, you know, again, as your career progresses, they change over time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what I would say is, you know, I think I mentioned this to you already, you know, kind of early in my career. Yeah. My aspiration was to be an engineer. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, kind of an interesting story you know, for you, um, it was, you know, when I was early in my career, you know, I had worked as an engineer, as I mentioned, for a great number of years. Mm -hmm. I actually started my own company. Did you really? Yeah, I started my own company, which was um, electronics controls okay. program, right? So I built control panels, PLCs, programmed them, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And I got some great jobs, <laughs> you know, by the way. And I did that while I was working. Okay. So you know, full, I had my full-time job and I kind of did this on the side. And at one point, I had to make a decision. Do I go into it full time? Mm -hmm. And um, and to be honest with you, I actually resigned from my job. No. I did. I did because I was going to do it full time. Okay. Now, the flip side of that is my boss convinced me not to resign. <laughs> so I ended up not resigning and stayed, you know, after all. But it turned out to be a pivotal moment for me. Mm -hmm. 
because at that point I had to make a decision. Do I pursue kind of, I don't call it my life dream, but my priority at that point was, hey, you know what? I'm doing what I love. I could be my own boss. Yeah. I'm really good at it. And it aligns with what my long-term vision mm -hmm. was for myself. You know, whereas I can continue, I'm going to call it my corporate career, Yeah. you know, and kind of advancing it. And, you know, ultimately I made the decision to continue with my corporate career, which mm -hmm. ended up being the right decision for me. <laughs> but I mean, so I would say I had one set of goals, you know, at yeah. that point and they switched. Mm -hmm. Right. And then if I go forward a little bit, you know, I moved into operations, you know, I think I explained yeah. that earlier. And when I moved into operations, my goals changed. Yeah. You know, my goals at that point were no longer, you know, am I going to be the best engineer? Or am I going to go into my own business? Yeah. You know, I remember this vividly. My my career aspiration changed to say, what's it going to take for me to become a plant manager? Interesting. Yeah. So my goal at that point was, hey, I think I can do well in this job. Yeah. So I aspire to become a plant manager. Mm -hmm. So let me do what I need to do in order to attain that goal. Right. So. After I became a plant manager, of course, right? Your goals change <laughs> yeah. again and, and your career opportunities change again. But at one point, and I just want to mention this to you because I think it's very important. I know many uh, uh, people kind of are faced with that. Mm -hmm. You know, at this point in my career, I also had, I also had a family. <laughs> so I had to decide yeah. what was I willing to do for my career mm -hmm. versus my family. Fair. And I don't want to say how do you prioritize them. But more or less, what was, you know, am I willing to pick up and leave and relocate yeah. or am I willing to stay in the job? So what trade-offs was I yeah. willing to make? But ultimately, ultimately, I, I would say kind of the last, the last stage of that was, you know, I kind of realized that um, something early on that something that I, that I learned was that breadth of experiences mattered. Mm -hmm. Right. And so my aspirations changed, you know, I would say again, and my aspirations changed. This goes along with the point of having a bigger impact on the organization yeah. to one of how can I influence broader than I had? Yeah. And then opportunities presented themselves to allow that to happen. Yeah. yeah. So you know, that's that's a bit of my story. <laughs> now, you know, I think this has to go without saying, because there's no successful career, mm -hmm. by the way without making some sacrifices, yeah. by the way. And I also believe that. And so the part that I didn't tell you, right, about my career is the job you want isn't always in front of you yeah. either because sometimes you're going to get opportunities that mean you have to make a trade-off decision. Yeah. So of all the jobs that I had, right, I relocated nine times wow. over the course of my career, right? Not only... Lo um, nationally but internationally as well and and you know kind of the point was the point that I make there wasn't necessarily about the re the relocations but it was more about if I wanted to progress to a particular position mm -hmm. that position was not available for me if I stayed where I was yeah. but it was available in another place yeah and so um you know, I think there's there's a question you have to ask yourself mm -hmm. which is what are you willing to do you know, in order to attain that next goal or that next aspiration and what sacrifice are you willing to make? Because what you want is always not always convenient or local or where you are. <laughs> and what investments are you willing to make yeah. as well? And so for someone that's 
on in their career that may have a family, may have children, you know, what, whatever have you their situation is, right, also has some tough decisions to yeah, make. different trade-offs. Yeah, exactly. And I actually turned some down because of my what? family situation yeah, right as well. Yeah, figure out what's best for your specific situation. Exactly. But I think all of that equals itself out in the final analysis, right? <laughs> and, and, and I think you, you know, I think you attain. Ultimately, I think with, with the right work, you attain what your goals are. Yes. You know, yeah. if, if you're really committed to them. Yeah. Or you have to change your situation. But you should have no regrets. That's fair. I think if you work hard towards it and you're at least able to see yeah. the path ahead, yeah. I'd say, like to direct you, yeah. then you're off to a good start. That's right. <laughs> That's say. right. No, 100%, 100% right. Now, one thing I didn't mention, mm -hmm. which I just think, would be of interest. I also believe that there's something, I call them table stakes, right? Okay, yeah. Do you know what table stakes are? So what I mean by table stakes is for you even to be in the conversation or to pursue, right, there's a minimum requirement, mm. right? In other yeah. words, you have to be a good performer. Yeah. You have to do your job well. You have to have certain leadership skills and or traits, right? If you don't have those, it's tough to progress. Fair. So there's there's a set of skills. If you want to be an engineer, you got to be a good engineer, yeah. right? So I mean, there's a set of basic requirements that you must have, I, yes. and I call those table stakes. And if you're not able, right, to demonstrate table stakes, you're also not going to get opportunities. Perhaps Fair. prepare yourself for the opportunities that may come that or that you want. Correct. So you can at least be able to accept them if they do come. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yep. We'll see. On the, on the <laughs> I feel like right now my, um, right now it's like, I think you've talked about the impact in people, and I think yeah. there's a big motivator for me. It's like med device, like you said, it's super yeah. easy with. Yeah. You're helping patients, so you're yeah. like that's that's all. I always wanted to be a biomedical engineer, so I'm like, we don't, as a patient, you don't get to get your right. luck, right? You know, um, and some people are just dealt an unlucky hand, but we can help them. Correct. And then. It's interesting because I feel like a lot of the leaders you'll see yeah. also are like, this. you know, I want to help improve patients' lives, but I also want to help the people that I work with and improving that. And so, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it, but, right. you know, I, being a leader is, a, is an easy way to help influence and make. Um, and that's one of the things that I didn't necessarily realize about you mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. more recently. Mm -hmm. And the leaders that are more closer to you maybe. Yeah. Um, they were like, no, Joe's like the biggest people person. Mm. And you know, you see, I, you, obviously you only interact with people so much. Um, but then it's like, no, if, if you're in a meeting, yeah. Joe will ask about how the person's doing before he asks about the bottom line or something like that. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool that that's the legacy you're leaving that yeah. obviously you're able to deliver. Yeah. But the things people are saying about you, you're yeah. showing them that you care and you care about your people. Absolutely. And, and in that, yeah, I'm sure there's benefits to the bottom line, but that makes the people around you care about you more. They care about their work. They're more fulfilled. How do you, yeah. what do you think drives you in that? And, yeah. and loaded question, what are you yeah. doing to continue that? Yeah. Um, I yeah. don't think it's a loaded question at all <laughs> uh, because I just want to give you, I just want to, no, no, I get you. But I just want to give you a comparison. Yeah. So remember I talked about the first 10 years of my career versus yeah. the second 10 years of your career. Right. And, and then I want to get to your question. Right. So the first 10 years of your career, right, when you come out of school, mm -hmm. you know, kind of what you what 
I'm not going to say everybody, but most people, you know, kind <laughs> yeah. of what you think and you believe is that your ticket to success is execution. Yeah. That's right? a big thing. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And it's true. Right. It's a hundred percent true. So you need to prove yourself. Mm -hmm. So your focus on that point is execute no matter what. Yeah. Right. You want to get your deliverables. You want to be successful. You yeah. want to show that you've done a good job, so on and so forth. As you get on in your career, mm -hmm. particularly as you go up in levels in yeah. the organization, what you learn is that you can't control everything, yeah. right? And so the way to be successful is not by being directive, right? It's by engaging people and working and being successful through others, okay? So now, to get to your question directly, yeah. Dolly, here's kind of how I see it, is that, and I truly believe in this principle, right? My principle is that I believe that a motivated workforce moves mountains. I do. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you've probably heard me say that before. <laughs> but what does that mean? Mm -hmm. It means that you have to engage people. Yeah. It means you have to spend time with them. It means you have to care about them. Mm -hmm. It means my job, I see my job as, as motivating people, setting a vision, helping them be successful. I don't see my job as telling them what to do. <laughs> And that's a big difference, yeah. right? And so where I invest, if you ask me where I invest most of my time, mm -hmm. is on exactly that portion of my job. So, you know, I'll spend a lot of time in town halls. Yeah. I spend a lot of time talking to people. I spend a lot of time listening. I spend a lot <laughs> of time removing roadblocks for people. But first and foremost is you have to be empathetic, right? And what I mean by, and, and what, when I say empathetic, I mean not fake empathetic. <laughs> I mean, truly care. Yeah. So let me just give you a quick story mm -hmm. about fake empathy, <laughs> right? So at one point in my career, I worked for a guy who will remain nameless, <laughs> but I worked for a guy. And, 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 and so every one-on-one -on -one that I had with this person, he would ask me the same question. Same question was, how's your family doing? Mm. Right. Good question. Then I realized he asked me the same exact question every time, <laughs> right? But he asked me the same exact question every time, not because he truly cared. It's because he read in some management book that that's the right thing to do, right? Because he, he knew nothing about anything that I explained yeah. to him. You could have told the same story every time and he would It didn't cool. matter, exactly. Now, that's different than if you really care, mm -hmm. right? So then if I engage you and I say, Dolly, how are you doing? How's your family? Yeah. How's your brother or, yeah. you know, et cetera. I, I mean, it's a relationship yeah, much different. that we're building. And obviously, it gets a little harder as you have more people in your organization <laughs> because there's lots of people. Yeah. But, you know, I think if you really care, that's where, you would, that's where good leaders, I think, invest their time. Yeah. Good leaders invest their time in connecting with people, understanding what motivates them, helping them be successful, helping them build their careers, eliminating obstacles, and also making sure they're on the right path because different people have different skills. Okay. And part of what you need to do is recognize what people are good at yeah. and help them along that path. So, so for me, that's where leaders really need to invest their time. But they truly also need to believe and embrace those principles. Otherwise, I also believe that people see through those mm. very clearly. Yeah. And that's almost a worse, a worse <laughs> situation if you're not really truly empathetic or interested yeah i agree and that makes a big difference so on the topic of understanding your s skills for the team yeah i think 
there's been a more a shift towards a movement where I mean there's TDPs there's or, uh, technical development rotations yeah. programs where leadership programs and across all these companies where they're moving leaders around and yeah. getting this more robust rounded leader yeah there's a more bigger focus on work-life balance mental health all these things how do you think as the next generation of leaders yeah we're able to well balance that because in the end you're going to get a better rounded employee happier whatever yeah. um but then there is this past maybe general older generation where maybe you just worked really hard um you're working because you're getting money you know you're, you're working your way up and that yeah. also works yeah but i think in between that transition there might be this yeah. um efficiency maybe where it's like you have people wanting to hop around and and you're like okay you you kind of have to prove yourself first yeah. but you you do want them to be happy and be able to rotate yeah um but then obviously keeping knowledge in a team is beneficial i'm of just course. curious about some thoughts around that it's something that i've been yeah no i think it, i think it's a i think it's another great question right so i guess i believe in a couple of principles right is in this in this regard you know one is generationally there is a change you know, and, 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 you know, so kind of what I believe is that uh, people that are coming into the workforce today or that are younger in their careers, you know, have a different set of priorities than people did 20, 30 years ago, yeah. right? And that's true. And I think we um, have to be responsive to understand how the workforce culture changes. Mm -hmm. I also believe that there's a difference. So I think in an organization, in any, right, mm -hmm. you have to have both depth and breadth, mm -hmm. right? And so there's room for all of that. And what I mean, some people, right, want to be really deep technical experts. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to encourage that because we need that technical depth. You need product depth, so on and so forth. And that's very valuable. At the same time, you need to build breadth you know, in the organization, because leaders, particularly cross-functional leaders, cannot be one note, I call it, mm. right? They need to be able to manage complexity, yeah. you know, if you will, across the business. So, you know, all of that said, I think there's a balance between those three items, which is how do people want to work today yeah. versus what are they interested in? Um, and are they more interested in depth or breadth? Mm. And what do they aspire to, Going, yeah. connecting it to what I talked about earlier, with the last piece, which is if, if you're interested, particularly in leadership positions, breadth's really important. Yeah. And so you have to connect all those dots. Okay. You know, and, it, and it's, unfortunately, it's going to be different for everybody because I don't yeah. think there's one no. formula that applies to everybody. So your mm -hmm. situation may be different than mine, and it yeah. goes back to... You know, what are you willing to do or interested in doing? What sacrifices are you willing to make? You know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think in general, that's kind of how I view it. But I do think, so I just want to wind back to the beginning here of your question, yeah. which is that um, leaders today need to recognize how the workforce is changing and how priorities for employees are changing, mm -hmm. you know, in order to create, um, to, to have them be fulfilled to appreciate what they're doing, to keep them engaged and interested, yep. you know, and certainly to keep them to, and, and have them continue to grow yeah. within a particular company. Because also today, I believe people are more mobile than ever, <laughs> right? So people will look for different opportunities. Yeah. So I think, 
the time, you know, historically, right, if you go back even before my generation, <laughs> right, years ago, right, somebody can hope to, um, you know, their first job might have been the job they retired out of yeah. or the company, right, yeah. let's say at least. That's much less pre prevalent today. Oh, 100%. I remember right? when I first joined, my dad was like, hey, pick the one and then you're just going to stay there forever. Yeah. And I was like, what? No, that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. Whereas today, I think, I, I don't even know what the statistics are anymore, but it used to sure. be, you know, People changed five jobs in the first 10 years yeah. of their career or something like that. I mean, some big number. So yeah. so that's changed, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, uh, you know, so I'm going to say this from a company perspective, you know. So from a company perspective, you want to keep talented people and keep yeah. them engaged and keep them motivated, right? That's the goals we should be working towards. Yeah. I mean, and it goes back to what you were saying. If you know your people, yeah. you know their skills. Yeah. Not everyone can be broad and not everyone yeah. can be deep. So yeah. if you can figure out what works for everyone, exactly. what their talents, what they want. And by the way, one last point on that mm -hmm. is is people work for people. <laughs> so I know you said this a little earlier. Of course, people work for money. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to get paid for what you yeah. do. But rewards are short term. For sure. You know, so what the biggest motivator, and I've seen this, you know, really is, is do you like what you're doing and do you like who you work for? If you don't have either of those, it's a big problem. Yeah. So that's, if you have both, I'm sure you're yeah. going to just... And you feel like you're fairly compensated, right? You know, kind yeah. of the third piece and you're advancing and you're moving towards your career aspirations. Then you've got the whole picture. Yeah. But honestly, you're right. I think those two, what you're doing, who you're working for, compensation is a third. There's yeah. a point where you're like, I'm secure as long as I'm not getting, you know, yeah. completely you know if, as long as it's fine it's you know within i'm i have a decent career you know you have that money yeah people are fine yeah it's when the other two are going wonk they're like i'm staying for what how, you need you know what money exactly. am i staying for and that's when i think people tend to get more frustrated maybe with their salaries by like a few correct nominals you know right right yeah i agree with that yeah um so do we have time if we have two more questions all right so, two more questions. Yeah. Um, one, hmm. has there been a moment in your life that you think, whether it's a specific moment, a time in your life that maybe was pivotal in becoming the person you are today? Outlook-wise, yeah. um, mindset? Um, yeah, I think there were some pivotal moments mm -hmm. in my life. Um, one I explained already, which is when I was in high school and I decided mm. that I was interested in engineering and I wanted to be a design engineer. So I'd say a pivotal moment in my life was deciding that I was going to pursue an engineering technical track. Yeah. You know, and I really believed that's what I wanted, what I enjoyed, and I did. Mm -hmm. Right? And I did and I have. Yeah. You know, I think that was, that was pivotal for me. The second, the second pivotal, though, may surprise you a little bit. You know, the second pivotal moment in my life is that, you know, I, there was a moment in time when I had to decide, did I want to be an engineer or did I want to be, mm -hmm. or did, was I going to be an operations leader? Yeah. And both kind of fit together because, you know, they're almost one and the same nowadays, right? Like there's a lot of overlap between them. But it was a big change in kind of my career, mm -hmm. you know? So that's all true. Now, I want to tell you, though, the most pivotal moments in my life were neither of those. The most pivotal moments in my life were personal. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so what I would tell you is when um, after 
my, so I have three children. Mm -hmm. When my first son was born, okay. I learned a lot, right? You know, as most of us do, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's different, right? You learn some new things, right, mm -hmm. about yourself. When my second daughter was born, it changed my outlook hmm. on life, right? Mm -hmm. And it looked, changed my outlook in life, uh, not yeah. because of her, but, you know, because now your family is expanding. And what it changed for me was kind of this idea of what am I doing and what am I prioritizing? Am I prioritizing my work life? Yeah. Am I prioritizing my personal life? And what's the right balance mm -hmm. for me? And so I would say that was a meaningful moment yeah. in my life. Had to start evaluating how you're spending your time and energy. How and you're spending your time and energy, what sacrifices yeah. you're willing to make. Of course, you know, what most people care about is how do they secure the future, you know, for not only themselves, but yeah. for their children. You know, your priorities kind of change because you're less worried about yourself now yeah. as you are for others. Okay. You know, and by the third kid, did anything change? No. <laughs> You're like, all right, we got it. Most people will tell you that at yeah. that point, you got it. You know, it's all good. But I mean, that's different for different people. Yeah. I mean, there's many people that have different situations in their life. You know, that make different decisions and have different pivotal moments. Yeah. You know, those sure. certainly. It's just interesting mine. to see because I think different people's pivotal moments are different. It's always interesting to see what those things were. Yeah. And. I, it always helps me when I'm going through the hard times because I think if I look back, the most pivotal moments of my life yeah. and the ones with the most growth are the ones that were the most stressful and maybe yeah. in the moment were the most hard to get through. Yeah. And so when I'm kind of going through those moments, I'm like, I wonder what I'm going to get out of this on the other well, side. Well, yeah. No, I agree. But I think one thing you'll find, you know, kind of yeah. on that point is that it seems um, whatever is important to you at that moment you know, kind of when you, in five years from now, <laughs> and you look on it, will you still consider that your most pivotal? That's a very good point. I mean, I don't know. Maybe yeah. the answer is yes. You know, maybe the answer is no. It fades away, yeah. Yeah, no. because, you know, obviously you've, at that point, maybe crossed other pivotal yeah, moments, exactly. right, that change what you're doing or what you're playing for. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just think that it's it, it, it changes and it varies for people, and as you you know, kind of as you move along your lifeline, right? Yeah. You know, things change oh, considerably. Yeah. And the more you experience things, I think in college I had like no significant pivotal moments. Or maybe to your point now I don't remember them, right? And then You might. <laughs> yeah. It's like and then at a certain point you're like yeah. going through something and then you look yeah. back and I think at, at when I had first started work we were things would be going wrong. And they're yeah. like, Daddy, why are you always smiling when things I'm like yeah. I had worse. And then now, and then you have another experience. Then it, it reminds you, and it almost exactly. like kind of sets you on the the path again, 100%. where you're more like, grateful for. Like the I remember path. when I was in college, a pivotal moment for me was I was I going to pass Cal three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this was really stressful at the That's, time. Exactly. That's long gone, yeah. right? <laughs> like in the moment, it was needed. Now, exactly. Exactly. Cares? Yeah. Good point. Not as much. No, but I mean, that always changes. You know, your first job, right? Mm -hmm. That's another pivotal moment, you know? I mean, so there's many, many things that, that affect you. Yeah. So is there one last piece of advice you'd like mm -hmm. to leave the audience with? I think, I think the last piece of advice I'd leave the audience with is um, you have to understand your aspirations, follow your dreams. Um, there's no right or wrong path but you have an opportunity to shape your future and try not to over plan it 
because I know lots of people give advice about <laughs> plan every career step. Oh, yeah. I would just tell you that that's wrong. <laughs> you know, I believe you gotta, you have to take life kind of as it flows. And I think you got to understand and, and kind of set what's important to you and what your priorities are. And, you know, if your priorities are be promoted or are your priorities, mm -hmm. you know, expand your ability and impact. Yeah. You know, and I think both come together eventually yeah. into what you want them to be. So the best advice I think I could give people or that I'd want people to walk away from is understand what really matters to you. Understand what sacrifices you have to make. Don't overthink your career path. Mm -hmm. You know, do the best you can. Remember the principles of, of, of what's important and opportunities will come your way. I promise you that. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are like, Ah, like, let out a good deep yeah. breath where it is, you know, and, and I'm sure you'll have much more peace going to bed at the end of the night with, <laughs> That's that, right. with that strategy as well, right? Exactly. Because there's going to come a point where you, your promotions, you're set, your, your salary, you're set, yeah. but you still have to live with yourself at the end of the day, right? Correct. You, you have to continuously do this for the rest of however long you want to work and even when you retire what yeah. are you doing with your life and how are you that legacy well, you're i mean leaving? if you're gonna work 30 to 35 years <laughs> or 40 years of your life you better lo love what you're doing yeah you know is what i would say oh yeah and it's like i mean yeah. you, you for a certain certain you don't know someone's background but so you might need for your your own security right yeah. to chase that promotion to chase those salaries for a certain point but there's going to come a baseline when you're safe correct you feel that correct that safety correct and that changes you know your changes. priorities change over time and that's all fine yeah that's but all then, fine it's natural and it's the moment you can't avoid the moment where you're saying what what purpose am i putting out there what is what am i living for and doing and the output that i'm giving the energy exactly um, and the legacy and about. and make your time meaningful yeah because awesome. you're creating a legacy that's 100 percent right <laughs> yep well, thank you so much. It you betcha. This has been podcast. a great time, Dolly. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming on. You betcha. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? As always, let us know your feedback. Please follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to this. Make sure to like and subscribe so you're notified when new episodes are coming out. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time on What the Tech Am I Doing? Achieve, inspire, motivate. If you haven't done so already, go check out aimforcoaching.com. That's aimforcoaching.com. Helping you to seek and exceed your goals in any aspect. So they do business coaching, life coaching. They've even started a Zoom where once a week you can call in and discuss if you're on a weight loss journey or a more health journey. They even started a segment uh, for people like that. So in any aspect of how you're learning to grow, they can help you do it with International Coaches Federation Certified Coaches. They're partnering with you to help you achieve your goals.